0: Where's my sandwich? To all who come to this happy place, welcome. I am West Coast. Ah! How the hell did I get roped into this? Show me what you got! Scotty, beam me up. The force is strong with this one. And I am Big Kev. Hail to the king, baby. Yo, that kid Monty is fired.
1: I have Amigo Isis action figure. Almighty mighty
2: Isis. And here we go.
0: I want to do whatever common people do. I want to sleep with common people. I want to sleep with common people like you. Well, what else could I do? I said, I'll see what I can do.
3: Good afternoon, gentlemen on the East Coast. Just finishing up a whopping five days at the con?
0: Or was it four? Yes. Yes, it was five.
1: Was it only five days or was it an eternity?
0: An eternity would mean that we wouldn't be here now. I don't feel like I'm here. obviously the con. When
1: yeah. I woke up at seven this morning, my initial thought was, oh my God, Kevin's going to kill me. We're so effing late.
0: Well, not that that didn't happen during this con, but let's save that for part two of today's program. This is Geek Stuff TNG, episode...
1: 654.
0: 654. You don't even give me a chance anymore. You just assume I'm going to get it wrong. Because you have
1: every other time.
0: Six, every other time. Every other time?
1: You've gotten two right in
0: the two every years I've been other doing time. this show. Every other time.
1: In the two years I've done this show, you've gotten it right exactly twice. My God, has with, it within been within the past? two
0: years or has it been an eternity?
1: <laughs> it was two years in august
0: just be careful
3: that time loop's going to start over and you're going to be boom it's going to be back to wednesday night packing everything up and you're going to have to experience well, we'll, it all again we'll
0: talk about we'll talk about that in segment two also
3: <laughs> all right well then let's jump right into uh the social medias right remember to follow the show on facebook twitter instagram it's all geek stuff tng and if you want to be part of the show you can contact us by calling the gvm line
1: Two zero one seven three zero two five four seven,
3: Or you can also reach out via email.
1: At geekstufftng at gmail.com.
3: And if you really want to interact with the show, check us out on Patreon, Geekstuff. It's patreon.com slash geekstufftng. For one dollar a month, you can get access to the show's Discord server and you can chat with members of the show. If you want to chat with Kev, however, don't forget to at mention him. Uh for the $3 a month, you get the early bird special, where you get the show a night or two early. Typically, we record on Mondays, and the show goes up for the early birds on Tuesdays. And then, for $5 a month, you get the bonus round. That is typically the sandwich shop. Uh, since they were working on the wonderful New York Comic Con this week, I put up a special uh, interview in the sandwich shop. There was a and d episode where I interviewed a guy that's been playing D&D since the 70s, uh, which was pretty interesting. And then, uh, for $10 a month, you get to watch us have all this out live on the Instagrams and see where all the magic happens. So be sure and uh, check us out on all the social medias and especially over on Patreon. We really do appreciate our Patreon supporters.
0: Yes. Yes. All this is true.
3: (laughs) So do you want to talk about Captain Kirk going to space for realsies?
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah. So William Shatner 90 years old in what a week or so now Mm -hmm. is going to blast off into space right after what could be his final con appearance Mm -hmm. at New York comic-con where I saw him rifle through. It had to be 70 or 80 autographs in about a half an hour (laughs) at a hundred dollars a pop.
3: I mean, that's that's a limited quantity at this point, right? How many more does he
0: got? That's what I'm saying. Like, I almost was like, I probably, I mean, I have one already, but I was almost like, I probably should pop and get another one because who knows? It may be the, you know, you never know when it's the last chance. And, you know, You, you know, I say this, and it's, it's not funny, but it, it, it kind of makes the point a little bit, and that is, The people who uh, were making those great sci-fi shows, if you think about it, in like the 70s and, and early 80s, we're losing a lot of them all the time. Like, for example, Peter Mayhew passed away, I think, three weeks after I got the most recent autograph I got from him. Um, I also got one of the bit at that was celebration two years ago. I also got one of the bit players who was two or three aliens in the cantina. I wish I could remember her name. I don't, I can see her face, but I can't remember her name. Um, uh, she died a couple of months after celebration. Um, You know, like all of these people, you know, who were around in that era making this great stuff that we we talk about from that era, Star Trek and so on and so forth. You know, they're they're passing on and it it almost makes the point that if you have an opportunity to meet these people, get a photo with these people, get an autograph from these people, you ought to do it. You know, because you may be looking at your last opportunity to do so, you know, and, you know, I think about the number of people from that era and, and even earlier, like Spanky McFarland is a good example of this. I was friends with Spanky McFarland uh, the last, I would say probably the last year of his life. He and I were, were pretty friendly and corresponding and 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 speaking uh, 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 uh and having a, a few occasions together and things. But, you know, like, if I hadn't if I had taken advantage of that at the time, he would have been gone, and that would have been the end of it. And I think it's the same with all of these people, Star Wars original trilogy people, you know, uh, uh, Star Trek. Star Trek, you know, it, it, it may not sound funny to say, well, William Shatner's 90. It's not like he's 80 or 75. And I'm not saying those aren't respectable ages, but 90, how many people get into the nineties, you know, like, uh, uh, like what's his name? George Burns was in the nineties, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like there are not a lot of people that get to the nineties anymore. So I'm just saying those, those opportunities, you, you want to take them. And I seriously considered doing it. I seriously considered popping for another moment with William Shatner uh, autograph or a photo or something. I have both, but you know, like I, I just considered doing it because again, it could be your last opportunity to do so. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I was going to take it. I've
3: but. got two two things there. I mean, I'm not a big autograph guy, but, um, I was at LA Comic-Con at Adam West's last one, and I was literally, I was there early. He was there next to Burt Ward, and there was no line yet. And I don't know if it's because the line was not allowed in or there just wasn't a line, but again, and I'm like, oh, I should probably do it, and then I didn't. And then he passed away very shortly thereafter, and I'm like, man, and that, yeah. that was kind of, that was my lesson. Take the opportunity when it's there. And then, when it's there. And then my William Shatner story is... Uh, it's it's after Comic Con, we're getting dinner, at San Diego Comic Con, and he tweeted something, and I like replied in, in the tweet, and then he answered me, and then I answered him, and I had like five or six back and forths with William Shatner, and I was like losing my mind, and then like I was waiting for him to respond again, and then he he didn't, and I like I I, I double responded, and I'm like that's it, I'm too eager, and I I know I was off because he never answered back, but it's like should, I had like this you little Twitter conversation. Shot
0: that. I hope you screenshotted that conversation
3: oh I, I should go find it I mean I can just do the search in my in my timeline but it was it was a big deal <laughs> I'm mean, just like I am actually like having a Twitter conversation with William Shatter right now it was a you it was a big totally, deal
0: totally you should totally do that immediately Scott don't lose that opportunity sandwich yes with, my with, William Shatner bit yeah what's your William Shatner story
1: I don't have any William Shatner stories. do you know you who
0: William Shatner is yes I know William Shatner okay was. there you go it's and and so you know who he is besides T J Hooker, or the guy who did all of those Priceline commercials.
1: He's a Star Trek guy. He's Captain Kirk. Dude. Very good.
0: There's no way he knows T, so T. J I
3: Hooker. He could not have named T J Hooker if you'd asked I, him what the I cop show of somehow.
0: Did. I wanted to somehow get T J Hooker into the conversation, um, because it was a ridiculous show. But I I just and I could have went Boston Legal. Oh, he was that the guy was, he was on so Boston on Legal with Ultron. Yes, I loved that show. So yeah, so, I could have did. They could have did that. Denny Crane. <laughs> I could have did that, but I know he's never seen that. Oh, that's true. Will's trash joining us on uh, the Patreon says, uh, "There's a man on the wing of this plane." One of the most famous episodes of the original Twilight Zone featured old Bill Shatner pre Star Trek. So well, there you go. Well and, done, Will.
3: And, and one more fantastic callback to that is, of course, in the Twilight Zone movie, it was John Lithgow playing that part. And yes. then when Shatner guest starred on Third Rock from the Sun as the big giant head, right, the leader of the third, aliens.
0: Third, third Rock from the Sun. Yeah,
3: Third Rock from the Sun. Uh, 30 rock, is that what you said? I said oh. Third Rock. I think so. But when he got there, they said, oh, how was the flight? And William Shatner goes, oh, it was terrible. I thought I saw something on the wing. And John Lithgow goes, same thing happened to me. And it's just, it was a great moment that not everybody would get.
1: I don't have a Shatner story, but something that happened real quick at Comic-Con. Jerry the King Lawler, the wrestler, was at the booth across from us early in the morning. And I saw him come up. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I, I thought, oh, I'll leave him alone. I don't want to bother him. And then he left and I said, I should have bothered him and gotten a picture because you yeah. guys talking about this stuff and I've been regretting it it's, ever it's, since It's that totally moment.
0: appropriate. It's totally appropriate to, to, I mean, it's certainly appropriate to try whether he would have done it or not, who knows. But yeah, it's certainly appropriate. And you know what? Even if you had the opportunity, you know, even if you had the opportunity to shake his hand and be like, yeah, I'm a fan. I really love what you do. At least having that opportunity is I mean, I've had I've had hundreds of opportunities where I didn't get a picture and I didn't get an autograph, but I was able to just interact with the person. You know, Jamie Foxx is one of those. I ran into Jamie Foxx on the street once in New York. And I, you know, and and I just had a moment with Jamie Foxx and that's fine. I don't know if I'll ever meet Jamie Foxx, but you, you know, I did have that moment with Jamie Foxx and that was fine. Everybody, I'm sure I've told it on this show, my Sean Lennon story where I called him Julian. <laughs> that's that's a great story. If I've never told that, give us a call on the GVM line
1: 201-730-2547
0: and then let us know that I haven't done that and I'll tell that story next week. Um but yeah, I just I just think it's Yeah, William Shatner going into space at 90 just All it does is really reflect. Well, one, it gets William Shatner back in the news. And two, it reflects the fact that he's 90 years old. And it's he's something, especially in science fiction circles, he is something to be treasured. So there you go. Whatever you think of him and his style and all that, just, you know, yeah, I I mean, something to be treasured.
3: And hopefully he makes it uh, safely. To space and back, and then Captain Kirk will hopefully, have actually been in space. That's going to be hopefully a moment for sci- and sci-fi. And if something
0: folks. happens to him, yeah, if something happens to him in space, that would also be just bizarre. But <laughs> I don't think I hope nothing will. But I'm just saying, it's a win-win for him either way. He's memor- he's going to be
3: very memorable either way. He's the oldest person in space, or he's the sci-fi guy that died in space. Either
0: way, he's going to be yeah. He's, he's he's arguably the most famous uh, fictional space character from, you know, the 20th century, uh, I would say. Uh, certainly from TV, that would be true. Yeah. And as such, uh, the fact that he's actually going into space, even though they'll be in space for four minutes, it's still the point is still there, so...
3: Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the other big story of the week: the the, the Twitch hack, right? Uh, did, did our did our Twitch earnings get reported in the Twitch hack? Were
0: we in the top uh, top hundred? Top top? 10? I think I think we were. I think we were. I think we had to go in and change our Twitch password because of that. Although I don't think any of us knew what our Twitch password was <laughs> to begin with.
3: We have a Twitch. We have a Twitch.
0: Yeah, that's the other part. We have a Twitch. Yes, we do. We have plans for content, but we're How just not. We're not there yet. That's all. We got other we got bigger fish to fry. Uh by the way, my voice tonight uh sponsored by Comic-Con yes. where you could have won one of 10 incredible
1: prizes. Stop, Stop Kevin. Please don't make me. T- <laughs> Don't push, don't shoot. Which, show, which folks. by the way... Plenty of which, tickets left, folks. Plenty of tickets left. <laughs> which, by
0: the way, we are not going to discuss. If you came here looking to hear your name, we do not announce... We don't talk about what the prizes were. We don't talk about who won the prizes. We That's all been handled already. It's all, all been taken care of. Winners have been contacted. Shipping will commence uh, soon. For some of them, they'll, it'll commence tomorrow. Uh, but there you go. So, yeah, we uh, we will not on uh, not on the show, but on Instagram, we will um, we will announce uh, our Instagram contest winner. We will announce that Um, on Instagram, probably not until tomorrow at some point because I'm still exhausted. So. (laughs) All right. So let's there any out. other news? Well, let's get back to that Twitch away? story. Just so, real
3: quick. What? Yeah. So you saw that the number one earner was Critical Role. So since yes. August of yeah. 2019, people have paid almost $10 million to watch other people play D&D. Well,
1: Brilliant. so here's the thing about those numbers too, because I was actually reading about that story before the show. So that is the money from people who subscribe with Twitch Prime or like subscribe. So if you subscribe to... Uh, channel it's like five bucks and then people get like the the account gets say like 250 or 350 for that and then twitch gets the other half and then it's also what else is it it's then it's like ads so that and ads was is the number that was in the leak that is also not accounting for if you have sponsors if you get donations if you get blah. So say that number is 10 million for critical role or whatever it is. You might have that number. 11 million,
0: I think. Wasn't it closer to 11,
1: 10, 11. If it's X number, it's really X plus a lot of more money. Cause you don't realize like for those individual people critical role aside, maybe they're getting donations every fucking like five minutes. Oh, five dollars here, $10 here, $5 here, $10 here. Five dollars and then it it adds up and it spirals and then they're sponsored. And then if they have a Twitch contract that's also separate. So this Twitch hack, if you really wanted to, you could have done the math for it and figured out these numbers. These guys kind of did the homework for you. But they're making so much more than you realize, even with this this release of the numbers. It's not just ten million, it could it could literally be twenty. It could be through the roof. Critical I want, role, I don't know about, but other people.
0: I wonder how much of it comes directly from OG <laughs> of Critical Role. I'm just saying he was he was uh, he was defending. I I guess you could say he was defending, watching people play D and D online the other day. Yes. Um, after this whole situation, because people were like. Fuck that shit! I ain't watching people play D and I'll play it myself. And OG was 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 defending people who like to watch D- people play D and D online. So good for him.
3: I mean, at the end of the day, if you've got if it's a good story and it's, I mean, like I guess the critical role folks are like voice actors. I mean, so you're getting like a radio drama. I mean, I listen to podcasts like Welcome That's to exactly Night Vale. It's I mean, like it's just a real time you know who knows how the story is going to end radio drama so I, I mean i don't have a problem with people who want to do
0: that i mean that's it's it's improvisational storytelling uh apparently at its finest at 11 million so there you go it has a fantasy theme so that will appeal to a a, a lot of people especially with the popularity of things like magic the gathering and D and so on so yeah yeah
3: well let's uh speaking of millions of dollars uh, no Time to Die opened up at uh, fifty six million in the box office. What was number two? Venom. Venom, which is now the fifth highest earner for twenty twenty one after two weeks.
0: So Venom's doing good. There's going to be a Venom three probably. Well, yeah, but you know, at this point, I think we're going to have to wait and see what happens in that Spider Man movie.
3: Yeah, well, don't don't spoil the the after credits because I have not seen Venom yet. I'm not
0: spoiling anything. All I'm saying is that we have to see what happens with the next Spider Man movie. That's all.
3: I feel like you said on Twitter that you called it.
0: I did say I called it, but I wasn't specific.
3: All right. But so if you go back and listen to previous episodes of Geek Stuff, then you can uh, find out what Kevin called.
0: You could, you maybe could infer or interpolate. What I was getting at and that I called that thing and that thing may have happened. Yes. What? what uh, wait a minute, though. When did it open?
3: Uh, it's been two weeks. Venom? Yeah. This was this was weekend number two.
0: So it's it's today's Monday. Yeah.
3: This won't come out until opened...
0: Friday. Yeah. Right, it, so it, it, it opened uh, the weekend to of the first. Embargo days? Weekend of the first. Yeah. Was it, was it the weekend of the 1st? I think so. Well, let's see. Because if it was the weekend of the 1st, isn't today the 11th? Yes. I guess we still have a... Oh, it opened on Wednesday, you mean. It opened the middle of the week.
3: Yeah, it opened on it opened on October uh, 1st.
0: Okay, got it. So I can spoil it next week. Right. When does it come so to tune the streaming? In, tune in to episode 655, i'm spoiling venom
2: <laughs>
0: um
3: you know speaking of what uh, so what do we know when it's coming to streaming they
0: haven't said anything about streaming yeah. because it wouldn't be disney plus right yeah that's what i'm trying like to think is movie where movie where, where or when am i going to see it hmm. I, I don't know scott oh well yeah, I, I you won't just, need to yeah. see it after next week
3: I, I, so I better I better get out to see it this week uh, speaking right. of speaking of streaming so the uh, CEO of Warner Media I think his name is Jason Jason Kalar uh, he confirmed that uh, it was his mistake to do the simultaneous uh, in the box office and at home on HBO Max and so uh, some people are thinking he may uh, step down over it so it was a big mistake. Wow for
1: what just general movies he thinks is a big mistake yeah Doing just the, all,
3: that, that he didn't really they didn't he didn't go through all that it was a rushed decision is i think the the gist of the article that they didn't
0: really I think it think, through I, I don't think it's him i think it's well in part i think i really think that still this is disney's fault all of it you know like i really truly believe that whoever made the decision at disney those are the people to be blamed But if this guy's got to step down over it, oh, well, I hope it doesn't, you know, I hope they keep it up until November 1st, because that means now, mind you, I will be in a place where I can see Dune in a theater, so I don't care that much, but I'm kind of really excited about seeing Dune in a theater. And then Eternals opens November 5th, so I don't know, yeah, I think it's November 5th. And if it is, I may still be here in a place where I can see it in movie theater on November 5th. So I might do that, too. Yeah. So while we're
3: talking about uh, recent releases, what about uh, The mini Saints of Newark? Did you watch it?
0: I saw it both in a theater and on HBO Max. I've seen it twice. And yeah, it was really good. It was really, really good.
3: It, it had a good... Again, we can't spoil that one either, but it had a good, uh, like throwback, mafia movie, right? You know, it, it had like the pacing was yeah. a little bit slower. I feel like, you know, like like the yeah. Godfather, like the older ones. And
1: did you see it yet, Sandwich? I, I keep meaning to, and I I forgot, and I wanted. When did that? When, when did that drop? Did that
0: drop October 1st also? Yes. I think it did. Yeah. Oh, we can't ruin that then till next week
3: either. So next week's episode, I mean next one, episode I'm 655, really spoilers, Gabor.
1: Well, for, for the many saints of Newark, I mean, are we really spoiling a lot? I mean, I, I understand I, well, there's a story and there's prefer, things to spoil. I would prefer
0: not to give anything about it until we've completed the embargo. Oh,
1: no, no, no. Oh, I liked not, it. I've saying. seen it yeah.
0: twice. I've liked it. There were a lot of things to talk about about it, so we'll wait. We'll do it next week. That's all.
1: No, that's that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like, it's not like it's new content and it, it's a prequel. We, we know where this leads. You know what I mean? That's what I'm I. I know, but still, I know that. No, 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 no. I'm not saying to spoil. What I'm just saying is, you know, we all have a general idea where this leads. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. But it looks like a great movie. I've heard great things. I I actually heard mixed reviews though. I heard good things, and I did hear people who say, "Oh, it was boring," or "Oh, it was this." But I don't know what people were thinking. It's Sopranos. It's not like some action movie, <laughs> you know. It's it's still a know?
0: mob movie though. So I mean, there are expectations, even if it's well, maybe especially because it's the Sopranos. I don't know. I think we're just you know well, let's let's table it until next week. Sandwich, get off of your lazy but and watched it clearly you had plenty of opportunities in the last week to do so i don't know why you didn't but <laughs> let's go yeah keep up with the joneses we'll, we'll talk about what sandwich
3: was doing in the second half of the show but uh, before we uh lose too much time here let's hit a couple other things there was an article about uh leticia Wright who refusing to get vaccinated on the set of uh black panther 2 wakanda forever that's shuri actress And I feel like, you know, her stance on the vaccination is, I mean, it's causing a problem. It's making it difficult for them to keep everybody safe and and follow the protocols they would want to follow. But she's an essential actress for that film.
0: Probably very essential from the sound of it.
3: Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel like... I mean, I, have, the I saw the speculation is true. Yeah, I saw all the Poochie jokes, right? Oh, had to go back to my home planet, and then Shuri died on the way back to her home planet, right? I mean, like because she's causing problems, and uh, not not to get overly political, but uh, from another Disney property, right? Uh, Giancarlo Esposito, right? Moff Gideon, his quote is: "If you don't want to vaccinate, go live on a small island and sequester yourself. If you don't, you're saying fuck you to all other human beings." So. That was his quote in the article about
0: uh Shuri not wanting to get vaccinated. I mean, you know, what are what are you know, I, I you know, you try to respect other people's positions, but at the same time there are just some positions that don't make any sense. And then that's not I mean, it's not maybe that's not really for me to say. What makes sense for me may not make sense for other people. So who am I to say what makes sense and what doesn't? To me, one thing makes sense to other people. Another thing might make sense about the same thing. And again, not to be overly political, uh, you know, like she can suss out that situation or they can suss out that situation where it interacts with us and our culture and this program is she holding up the next Black Panther movie. And I have enough fucking Marvel delays in my life. Thank you, COVID, (laughs) where I don't need another one. Exactly. Because undoubtedly, something will be introduced in that film that we or they or both need to happen, and we need that film out there, you know, in order to do that. So whatever it is. And the rumor is it's Namor, you know? And if that's the case, you know, and, you know, Namor is important. So it's like we need that. We need the Namor. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's it's delaying my mcu i don't like that
3: speaking of the mcu uh what'd you think of the what if season finale i think that's still under embargo too um it it
0: it is under embargo and i haven't seen it yet oh you haven't seen the finale
3: all right so then we will so next week is going to be all kinds of spoilers we'll we'll do that one too spoiler city and then uh
1: i'm way behind on what if yeah so i finished it I, i really fell off it just really did not keep my interest
3: and then, oh, I, again, I feel like it, it comes back to what Kev said, that, that he convinced me that he was absolutely correct, is that this is supposed to be dark because this is what happens if we don't get the right universe where everything goes right. So I, I once I look at if it we, from that they, point of view... If, yeah.
0: Our hero... The heroes don't do the heroic thing, for lack of a better word. They don't do... They don't make the decisions that they make in the MCU proper... This is the worlds that we end up with. And I think that's the best. I don't know why they're not promoting it that way. I mean, they're, they're kind of like low key promoting it that way, but I think that should be like, that should, that's the selling point point. and not all of them are bad. You know, I mean, let's be honest and sandwich can confirm this. Not that we want to get into New York comic-con already, but how many cosplayers did we see sandwich who were captain Carter?
1: Oh yeah, there was a there was a good amount, way more than I thought, honestly. Yeah, I figured it was fresh enough; it might not have been. I expected like maybe like two or three, but there yeah. was a good amount of them.
0: There were a few there, honestly, who were cosplaying different I saw. Um, I saw a T'Challa, Star Lord, yeah, which was really, really well done. But um, but the reason I'm saying that is because they don't all have terrible endings. Number one and number two, uh, I mean, just from the captain carter that captain carter thing is exploding exploding you know there's there's already there's already pops marvel legends figures they just announced another marvel legends figure of her there's uh the disney toy box uh which we have to talk about um scott and they have <laughs> uh they have um a a, a uh, uh, just all sorts of we, how much art did we see sandwich uh, oh, yeah. at the show of captain carter i myself bought at least four captain carter prints uh, uh in, in, from different things so what i mean to say is that you know some of it is reflecting and coming through really loud and clear and great and everyone loves it so good but on the you know the flip side of it is that yeah yeah it's darker a lot of it is darker because uh, you know again making one different decision can have a massive effect on the entire on that entire universe so um yeah so i actually think it's gr- i think it's great i think it's one of the best mcu things that they've done even if they're going to low key promote it in the way that they're doing it which i think again the selling point is the fact that our heroes in the mcu are making the choices and what if they well no pun intended but look what happens if they had made different choices look what happens if different things had happened and so on
3: now my, my only complaint about it really is um the voice actor for tony stark sounds like jack black to me it's just it just sounds like i, I saw so that is pulling me out of yeah. it big time it does not sound like yeah, and- rdj
0: and I think, I think we all as the collective should have beef with Robert Downey Jr. Cause it's not like he's doing anything. You know, he did that fucking awful, and maybe, and maybe he couldn't do it because he was off doing that shitty do little movie. Maybe that's why he couldn't do it. And maybe Chris Evans was off doing knives out or what, uh, you know, he's done a few things since, uh since Avengers Endgame, And maybe we can forgive him that maybe we can forgive them based on the timing of the situation. But if there's a season two and there's an iron man or a captain America, Steve Rogers or Tony Stark in it, those guys really better. They really should come back and do those voices. Everybody else, even like, what's his name? Even, uh, you know, I don't know if they pulled audio from somewhere or what, but even, even, uh, What's his name? The guy that played Erskine in First, uh, 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 in oh, uh, first Captain America, First. Stanley Tucci. Yeah, him. Stanley Tucci. You know, like everybody, even even with respect, Chadwick Boseman, who's dead, did his voices before he died. So you know, like they they really should they really should kind of get back into it a little bit. I,
3: I mean, yeah, it, it was pulling me out of it so much that I, I went to the IMDb and that that voice actor is Tony Stark all over the place. Like lots of other Marvel animation, he's doing Tony Stark, yeah. so I guess he's the guy. But it's just, to me, that, that it just was bothering me. It stood yeah. out. But, um, so let's move on. A couple other quick things before we go to break here. So Shang-Chi is not coming to Disney Plus until mid-November. So I thought they'd originally said 45 days, but it's way past 45 days. They're probably just giving it more time to run in the box office because it's doing well.
0: It, I mean, that certainly could be the reason, but is it not coming to the paid version until november or is it just coming flat out free to everybody who has it in november
3: i believe it's coming just for, i don't think it's going to paid. i think it's staying in the box office and then okay. going yeah
0: well that makes sense
1: so i and, mean yeah go ahead i guess because in my mind it's an important movie every, every movie is important to the mcu but it's not like it's like Avengers, and people need to see it. So I mean, if we gotta wait a little longer, if you didn't see it in the box office, first of all, that's a shame because it's a great movie. But I mean, waiting to see it on Disney Plus for free isn't the worst, in my opinion. Yeah, you it's
3: know? it's making its debut on the digital platforms on November twelfth, and then on Blu Ray on November thirtieth. Well, there you go. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so you'll it'll be free. But like I, said, I thought, it was forty five days, but it's, it's I think it's closer to sixty days by the time it's actually available to watch on disney plus so if they
0: think it's worth keeping in the theaters which they should because it was until venom and bond it was top dog wasn't it
3: yeah yeah it, it was exactly so so there you go and then let's see so umbrella academy uh teaser is out and the boys has wrapped filming so you know there's some content coming and we're, we're gonna have some 2022 is gonna have a lot of good a lot of good content not the 2021 Academy teaser. There was a teaser. Yeah.
0: I just found out about this. I don't think I saw. I didn't see it. I got to have to look.
3: Yeah. Teaser and a release date in 2022.
0: So I did again, not to drag New York comic-con kicking and screaming into it, but um s- several of the actors were at New York comic-con starlight homelander. Um, the, the Dewey, Huey rather Huey. Huey Dewey um, and Louie we were all there. Um the Deep and uh what's her name, the Asian girl whose name in the show I forget. The, the girl. They, were, they the five of them were there at New York Comic-Con.
3: So the Deep was, was
0: on Saturday night live this week. As The
3: Deep? No, he, he so I apparently before he was The Deep he was on I guess Gossip Girl. Yes. And so he was he was on something playing himself but and they mentioned he was gossip girl i'm like wait no that's the deep like they didn't mention the boys at all and he looked he looked quite a bit different because he had like a beard and i'm just but i'm like wait that's the deep right
0: he probably they probably wrote him into that because
3: he was in town yeah there was i mean you're right now that now that i think about it there was because there was a kim kardashian was the host and there was a sketch where they had like six others it was like a, a, a the bachelor kind of show and they had a bunch of different celebrities and john cena was one of them the deep was one
0: of them uh yeah cena was there also yeah Yeah. we'll talk about all that in part two
3: okay uh all right so then let's uh is there anything else for part one uh you know we haven't really mentioned it what about why the last man anybody seen it i
0: have not seen anybody say anything good about it uh yeah no no person i know has said anything good about it which is really interesting og referred to it as hot garbage i believe someone told me this
1: weekend it was fantastic Oh, that's weird
0: um i've not seen it yet so i don't know i mean i plan on seeing it uh, i'm gonna watch it i did love the book so i i will watch it and and you know maybe we could talk about it next week in our we're reviewing everything we've seen and not <laughs> been able to talk about in the last month episode
3: yeah i mean the for me i haven't ever read the books i've just heard you guys talk about it on this show for the last 15 years and so i, I was guess, excited to- uh,
0: guess we did a good job convincing you to read the book. Well, I mean, you know, I don't have time to read comic books, you know. But Oh, here we go. Oh, I got kids. Oh, bu, bu, bu. But,
3: but, I mean, I was interested in it because as soon as I heard that it was being made, I'm like, oh, this has got to be good because this is something that, you know, Kevin OG really liked. So I was interested in it. And then so when I saw that, you know, Matt said, oh, this is hot garbage, I'm like, well, all right, maybe I don't need to waste my time on it. Because so, like uh, like Preacher... When that came out, again, same thing, I wouldn't have known anything about that had I not heard you guys talking about books like preacher.
0: I I was not, I mean, I read the book. I was I'm not the biggest preacher fan in the world. Um and I tried to watch the series, but I had the same sort of feeling as I did when I was r- reading the book, which was like I just, I wasn't that big of a fan. The same thing, well not quite the same thing, but I've only I have only seen the pilot for American Gods. I read American yeah. Gods it's not my favorite Neil Gaiman book although it is many many people's favorite Neil Gaiman book I much like Good Omens better as a novel than I do American Gods but in fairness to Neil Neil only wrote half of that book because he wrote he wrote that with Terry Pratchett so You know, uh, and I am a big fan of a lot of other things Neil has done. I just, I like American Gods. I just don't love it. And I saw the pilot, and again, I was kind of like, well, I probably should watch this at some point. But it's also been canceled.
3: Yeah, and that's why I haven't. I'm. I watched season one was Uh, great, but season one was all set up right in the same way that Preacher season one was all set up. I mean, like the events of Preacher season one basically all happened before the comic book starts. Yeah. and I think American Gods too it's just it was all introductions but it was just yeah. it was it looks good it, it it's visually impressive and interesting in the same way that I felt the same way about uh oh shoot uh what's the FX show uh Dr. Or, or Professor X's kid Oh, Legion. Legion. Legion! So again, that's visually interesting and it's trippy, and you're always trying to figure out what the heck's going on. But it looks good and it keeps you interested. I felt like American Gods was the same way, and I did like the character and anything with Ian McShane in it. I mean, I'm gonna watch. He, Ian McShane, oh, could, yeah, could read the newspaper, and I would, I would watch it. He's great. So, um, I'm disappointed that there's not gonna be a conclusion to American Gods, but I'm, I still gotta watch season four or season three. I'm gonna just go back and watch Deadwood again. Yeah, (laughs) I I I enjoyed the movie. I felt like it 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 did give me some closure, and it was just nice to see the characters again. But I could watch the show again. That was a great show.
0: You know, uh, speaking of uh, speaking of Neil Gaiman and TV, the Sandman teaser dropped. Did you guys see that?
1: I saw bits of it. I think. Yeah, Yeah. I haven't haven't seen. Well, that that looks
0: really good. That looks really good. I'm really interested in seeing that. And I think Neil's doing it himself. So I think it's certainly going to be Neil's vision and not somebody else making Neil's vision, which I think think that will be for the first time. Because he did not have any... I don't believe he had any creative control or input on Coraline or American... He might have been a consultant for these things, but I don't know how much they actually... Listen to him, uh, uh, American Gods. And what's the other one? The feature film, um, where De Niro is the space pirate or air pirate who's gay. Oh, Star Star Starlight. No, oh, I know the way you're talking about. I can't remember where the girls it's it's uh, it's what's her name? My so called life, that chick she plays a fallen star and falls in love. And I have no clue what the hell you're talking Stardust.
3: about. Stardust.
0: Stardust. It's a great book and a good movie. Not a great movie, but a good movie. So let me ask you, um, I saw
3: some... It's Stardust at the end of that movie, if you didn't hear me. Stardust, pop, thank you, yeah. It in. Um, I saw something else. That I guess there's going to be an audible audio series where... There already is. Okay, that, that's Sandman? McAvoy. Yeah, and
0: McAvoy's playing the voice of... Yeah.
3: Okay. But but that's not related to this to this series, right? That's just a no, separate no. audible thing.
0: That's just yeah. I don't know. Is he is he playing Dream, or is he the narrator, or are both of those the same?
3: Yeah, that I don't. I just I just saw McAvoy and Sandman, and I was not able to read the article.
0: That's 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 already out, Scott. What they're promoting now is like part two or some shit. Oh, okay. Because Sandwich and I saw those ads were all over New York and all near Comic-Con and everything for obvious reasons. Um, But I'm pretty sure it's part two or whatever. That's what you're seeing promoted now. Okay. Um, But part one, I'm pretty sure is out there for those that have Audible. Um, I personally, I'd rather read it. But considering the cast of people that's doing that, I would not be opposed to seeing it. So there you go. Yeah.
3: Well, why don't we uh why don't we go to break and then uh, come back and talk New York Comic Con?
0: And with that, Mister Sandwich, Mister Scott, we will take our first and only break on this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode six hundred and fifty-four, the one we're calling um, New York Comic Con. We'll figure it out. Why, why not? Why not? Stay NYCC. Keep it Comic-Con. easy. Too easy. Too easy. All right. We'll see. Like, how about we survive New York? Con- how about how about you don't know, like escape from know? New York? Comic Con, there you go. How about New- how about New York? COVID Con? Uh, how about you know, like something clever?
3: Is that clever? New I York, COVID
0: Con, COVID Con, <sighs> New York, Comic, COVID? We'll figure it out later. <laughs> New York, CCCC. sandwich. Relax, we're just working it through here. God, we're just spitballing, we're putting things together. just. I'm tired too. Sandwich, Sandwich push, Justin.
1: Make it go any faster. I I just figured we could go to break now. Some bitch. And with that, we're going to break.
2: After these messages,
1: we'll be right back. Yeah.
0: We need to get the word out that the listeners can be involved with Geek Stuff, TNG, directly by using our GVM line.
1: 201 Hmm. Maybe we could use our seductive
3: voices? Huh? Our what? Alright. Here. Let's read these lines in our most seductive voices. Like this. <clears throat>
0: hey there. We want you to be a part of Geek Stuff TNG with your questions and your, hmm, comments. Oh! (coughs) (coughs)
2: That's right. We want you to tell us what's, hmm, on your mind. What we are doing that you (laughs) like. (coughs) So call us on the GVM line two zero one seven three zero two five four seven, and you may hear yourself uh, on an upcoming episode of Geek Stuff TNG.
0: <laughs>
1: wow, wow. What?
2: Okay, here we go.
1: I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag and Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network.
2: Hey,
3: Geek Stuff listeners, it's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast.
1: We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland,
3: and our growing family. It's called The Piecast because we got married on Pie Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. At Pie Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at Pie Day Scott. Check us out.
0: Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. Hello, this is Neil Gaiman, a uh, writer of lots of different things, really. And you're listening to Big Kev's Geek Stuff.
1: Live from the sandwich shop, Pirate Productions in sunny Southern California, and East Coast Scott's apartment of love, it's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, hear from our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is a 118 scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your 3 3/4 Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details, like the Proton Torpedo Bay, working engine lights, and a light-up R2-D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps. The S-foils open into attack position, the laser cannons simulate firing, and the engine lights power up, all by remote control. We recommend digging them up on their do 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 do, do premium offer. You get one eighteen scale hangar accessories to create a detailed display of your X-Wing, including crates, tanks, personnel transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members, and even Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription each month, in addition to your parts of the model, you'll get four full-color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you received, fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies, and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may have seen models like this online or at shows or conventions. And I don't need to tell you, the price tag can be quite high. The genius of this system is that you're paying a little each month as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildexprim.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today.
0: Wow, he should uh, take you to New York Comic Con for five days and make you sleep deprived more often because that was a beautiful read, sir. How come
3: his voice sounds so much better than yours? Was he just like not talking at all at New York Comic Con?
0: Well, you know how it is, Scott. Some people work, and some people are standing. And some
1: people use a megaphone the entire weekend, and some people—that's a lie. You some people use a megaphone right for three now. days. Oh, you didn't use a megaphone the entire.
0: I used it half a day on Saturday and all day Sunday. Hmm. And by all day Sunday, I mean those moments when I was in the booth on Sunday.
1: Those moments when you were in the booth on
0: Thursday. You're gonna do it all Friday
1: day
0: and Saturday. That's, I was there the whole,
1: nearly the whole time. You were at the convention the whole time. That I cannot deny. <laughs> the booth I, is the question. I, I was in our booth nearly the entire time. I, I said this to Kevin yesterday. Uh, Kevin got to walk around the convention. I got to walk around the booth. <laughs> well, in in
0: fairness, since we're going into New York Comic Con, let's uh, let's first say thanks to Reed. Uh, read expo, read pop, whatever, whatever they're called this time around uh, for putting on New York Comic-Con. I had a great time. Um, They took a lot of care and concern with regards to the venue and making sure people were safe and so on and so forth. So we can't, uh, we can't deny that right out of the gate Two, We want to thank our guy, uh, Gabe, um, who's our guy at new york comic-con for setting us up with the second i believe the second biggest booth we've ever had at new york comic-con it was massive i was not not since i think cat shit corner ends up being still the biggest booth that we've ever had which i can't even imagine a booth bigger than the one we had this year yeah it was huge and we were on a corner and we had a pillar in one of the corners so that made things a little interesting for the sandwich myself and east coast scott who is still too exhausted to join us uh this evening although he did plan on being here um but it was we should say it's it was east coast scott's first time at new york comic-con it was certainly his first time working new york comic-con which is can be a lot for anybody really um, but so there you go. That was the uh that was our coverage. And with that, we will bring this episode. Uh no. We can do more than that. Uh, Yeah, I gotta <laughs> have more that. than that. Come on. No, I'm, well, you know, it was it was fairly standard. The sandwich and I have streamlined uh the moving in and moving out process. Yeah. It used to be a conjumbled mess of three people hoping that we got all the stuff in in a reasonable amount of time not to have the the truck ticketed or towed um and we did that and we set things up and we were you know i got to give it to sandwich making suggestions and doing stuff on the fly and uh it was because of those actions um those quick thoughts the the collaborative nature of the process because of um you know his his willingness uh to be open-minded and you know just kind of to get the job done that he was promoted from unpaid intern to unpaid associate (laughs) however (laughs) on my character after
1: that (laughs)
0: So, when we go, so it, it, in fairness, you need to know a few things about New York Comic Con. One, we're our exhibitors. So we go in way before everybody else. The floor opens at 10. We the get floor in. Floor opens at- for us between 7 and 7 30, depending on what they're feeling like. And I always like to be there right at when they open. Why? Because the quicker we get in, The quicker we set stuff up, the more time we have to walk around without the billion savages that are usually in there walking around. It's Sandwich and I or East Coast Scott and I or whomever. We're walking around with no impediments whatsoever. Yes, a lot of booths are not open at that time. And the closer we get to like nine o'clock or a little after nine, we tend to see more people who are coming in, especially in the first. Uh, especially in the latter days, I should say, because many of them go out party, you know, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and they kind of drag ass their way in because really Wednesday as a setup date allows them not to have pressure to come in. You know, they can, a lot of people, not us, but a lot of people can come in at like quarter to 10 and take the tarp off their booth and be ready to go. We are, we, we have a much different system than a lot of people, and it works for us. It's safe. We've never had anything taken or any problems or anything, so there's that uh, to consider. Uh, however, so in order for us to be there at, you know, 7, 7.30, um, the sandwich, who is the transport captain for New York Comic Con, on top of his other positions, um, it's his responsibility to pick us up in a timely manner So that we're there when we need to be there right now, it's not bad on Saturday or Sunday because there's no traffic, but you know, Thursday, Friday, there's, there's regular rush hour traffic. And that shit starts going into New York at like six in the morning. So on Friday, when East coast, Scott and I are waiting around going, haven't heard from the sandwich yet. And I finally decide the sandwich is not returning my texts. I decide to call him at what time was that sandwich? That had to be what, 5.30, quarter to six? 5.30. And I said, hey, and he goes, oh, hey, you just woke me up when he was supposed to pick us up at 5.30. And so he ended up picking us up closer to 6.30. And then we end up getting in there closer to 7.30. So all in all, it actually worked out, so it's not something to complain about. However, you know, repeated tardiness, mm, I don't know if that's the behavior of an unpaid associate. Can,
3: so, you be, can can he get a pay cut and like he'll owe you money for being an associate? I don't
0: know. I don't know. I think we, I'm, we might have to kick that up to executive producer OG and see... Oh yeah, he loves me. He, he's going to get his
3: own his own Patreon tier. It's below unpaid intern, where he has to kick in,
0: you know, fifteen that's bucks it, a in month in order to appear on the program. <laughs> he has to kick in, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think that's a decision that we'll have to leave up in the air for now. I think that uh, that that's the kind of thing that executive producer OG needs to weigh in on. You know, got to give him all the factors involved and see what he says. So. But seriously, it was an amazing time. It was really like hard. It was really difficult. Sandwich worked his ass. I know I make fun, a lot of fun of this sandwich and how what he does or doesn't do in New York, but I have to say <laughs> every year, Sandwich gets in there, gets whatever the job is needing to be done, Sandwich does the job that needs to be done. You know, whether it's in the booth, whether it's hawking tickets, whether it's lifting stuff whether it's you know making sure those ice cream cones don't fall off the cart as we're on the way out <laughs> Do you, you know want to tell that story do you want to tell that story real, anything, real quick
1: you didn't keep them um so, so i want to tell that story real quick okay we're we're leaving con Con sunday we're loading out five. we're Lo- loading out so we're leaving it's like 6 30 ish maybe six so I think it was six closer 6:30. to six i think Somewhere between 6 and 6.30, probably closer to 6.00. And we're leaving. Like, the stuff is packed. We left nothing there. We made sure, and we're leaving. And on the way out the door, the Chuck E. ice cream booth. Chucky e had a booth there promoting his new show that comes out tomorrow. I'm not watching it. Child's Play. I refuse to watch uh, Scary Anything. It sounds so like you walking... said Chuck
3: E., like, like Chuck D.'s brother, Chuck E. I'm, ah. like, picturing a rapper until you said his new show and I'm like and it's scary I'm like oh you mean chucky from child's, child's play. play but he said child's e. play
0: yeah okay child's play so we're they leaving they had this weird promotional thing it looked like an ice cream truck had crashed like into like some fencing and stuff it was this whole big thing and then they had a line and you went in the truck and i guess they were giving them richie's like water ice. Cher- cherry yeah cherry italian ice and uh, showing them something, I don't know, trail footage, some shit. Uh, and Chucky uh,
1: was sitting in the driver's seat of the of the ice cream truck so you could take a picture with Chucky. Is that
0: what it was? I don't yeah. know. But, um, but this ice cream truck, they had these giant
1: ice cream sculptures on the side of it. Go on. So we're leaving and Kev sees them and says, oh, I want those. And it's, you know, we, we, we're very efficient, like Kev said. So no space is left on the pile. <laughs> these that, ice we're that we're wheeling out. We are in the middle of leaving. Like, we're walking out the door and he sees these, <laughs> these giant ice cream cones and he says, okay, I want them. So he picks them up and he jams them into our, our bungee contraption that is the exit strategy of Comic-Con. Comic Con is sponsored by two things: Starbucks coffee and bungee cords. That's, yeah. that's the entire con is run on that <laughs> coffee, Starbucks, and bungee cords.
3: America runs on bungee cords, yeah. basically. So we're... our
1: con did. <laughs> Kev Jamsey's in. We're we're getting to the car.
3: Like, were they leaving we're... them behind, or did you steal them from the Chucky people? They're leaving.
1: No, them no, oh, they, they were want...
0: scrapping them. They were on yeah. a pile of scrap. I mean. You know, they had just started to break down, I guess they were saving the truck, but all the, or maybe they weren't, but the, all the Mall, um to the booth, which again, it looked like the truck crashed through like a white picket fence and there was all kind of stuff on it. There was signage, there was these ice cream cones and they were all in a pile and they were about to start
1: moving that, that stuff out. That's what it was. So first we get to the car and we load out and the ice cream cones are left. So we had two. We started with two. Kev looks at the truck says, okay, only one can make it. I don't know what Kevin did with the first ice cream cone that was cut. He walked away and then walked back without it. I don't know where it went. I didn't ask questions. I didn't have time. Uh, that is a story for maybe a Patreon, what happened to the first Chucky ice cream cone. Big Kev uh, eats stuff.
3: Kev eats a large plastic ice cream cone.
0: It wasn't plastic. This was part of the problem. When I first grabbed them, I thought they were plastic, but they were like plaster or fiberglass or something. They were heavy. They had weight. And I was like I had an idea of something to do with them, but I couldn't do it with them because they were too big. So I was like, "Well, this isn't going to work." But at that point, I was committed because Sandwich pit. had gotten upset about the fact that I grabbed them. So I was like, well, now I got to keep him because he's made a big deal out of it. And if I dump him, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm admitting he's right. I can't do that. <laughs> can't shit. let that happen. So I got rid of one of them immediately. And so we still had one in the truck until we got to the storage unit. So We
1: got to the storage unit. So we're packing out. I think that was like the last thing left. Like, all right, put it somewhere. And he takes it. And he, he, with all of his big Kev strength, He Man chucks it into the stratosphere. <laughs> and he looks me dead in the eye after and says nothing. And I'm dying laughing because it's like, Comic Con's over. We're done. Okay, now the ice cream cone that you made us bring in the car. And he just fucking He Man chucks it into the stratosphere. <laughs> and oh, it's, it's over.
0: The- over the fence, it should be noted. Yeah, it was over near, near the storage unit. There's a fence with nothing on the other side of it, like an open field or a swamp and trees. And I just hurled it over that fence with all, because it was heavy. So that's so just I the hurled it over the
3: fence. That's just the New Jersey. Uh, how you get rid of things in New Jersey? You throw it over the fence into an open field in the Pine Barrens. That's just what you do.
0: It, in fairness, one, it's not the Pine Barrens. Two. It um it, it, it is biodegradable. So, it was <laughs> Did you, all you just it? said you it just was plaster. <laughs> it's going to be there for a million years. Plaster is biodegradable. I mean, yeah, it might take a while, but, you <laughs> Listen, know, it's still.
1: <laughs> Everything's that's biodegradable that's if you gone. wait long enough. Listen, I, I have been to the other side of the fence. There's a couch there. There's a bed there. We didn't put it there's, there. There's, like, a micro... There is, there's a house on the other side of the fence. I don't know who but... the hell left their shit. There's an entire house on the other side of that fence.
3: I'm going to say everyone listening to this podcast, myself included, at one point or another has abandoned some random item at a storage facility somewhere other than in the trash. So, I mean, I'm guilty. I, love, I We hid a uh, a couch that we didn't want anymore. We just kind of put in a doorway and, like, left because <laughs> as we cleaned out our storage unit because we didn't have anywhere else to put it. So we've all done it.
1: One time I saw two guys dump a bed. Or like a couch in the middle of like a train thing. I was parked trying to go. I was trying to go somewhere, and I saw dudes jump out of a car, dump something, and peel out. (laughs) Sometime
0: I'm gonna have to post the video of the um, of the glass display case. Oh,
2: (laughs) the glass. And and
0: tell that maybe we'll do that as a Patreon. That's a more appropriate Patreon, I think. But uh, anyway, so so getting back to the con. So, Sandwich, what were some highlights
1: of the con for you? The highlight of the con for me, honestly, was the space. was the fact that I could walk down any aisle and I'm not shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with some guy. And, you know, I can see everything. Right. Even the busy boots. Even the, like, because, you know, Marvel, DC, the big guys weren't there, but there were some of them. Like, Funimation was right across from us. So they had a big space, a big booth.
2: Even the booth, booth, which
1: though. is... Well, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, even a big, busy booth like that, you could see what was going on. My favorite part was the space and the fact that, you know, like, everything felt so much more, yeah. like,
0: available well, and open. So so what Sandwich is referring to is that Reed exhibitions had to adjust for COVID and make a floor plan that um, that sort of met the requirements for keeping people apart Uh, a bit and that sort of thing. So the floor plan was much more open, but I have been assured that they're going back. I mean, barring anything unforeseen that they're going to go back to the the sort of more traditional floor plan next year, assuming, you know, we've gotten past this COVID mess by then, but, but yeah, I mean, it was a noticeable difference and I think people getting comfortable with that is a mistake, you know, for a number of reasons, obviously, but, still i mean i think it's uh, i think i agree with sandwich that was definitely a highlight not being until sunday but we'll talk about that in a second but i think that was definitely um definitely a highlight uh the 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 way things were kind of laid out and the fact also and sandwich mentioned this a lot of the big obnoxious company booths were not there marvel wasn't there there was some wrestling something in its place um funko was not there which is weird but funko stuff was all stuck on a boat so that's why funko wasn't there marvel who's owned by disney disney had some sort of travel restriction for its employees some shit in place so that's why according to rumor something to do with that which is why they didn't show up dc doesn't really do new york anymore since they left new york they usually have a tiny presence somewhere but they had nothing And some of the other big players weren't there either. I'm sure for for COVID related reasons, Um, like Sideshow and NECA and um, Hasbro and so on. A lot of those, you know, a lot of those people, those kind of big names, Mezco, none of them were there. Hasbro was just afraid to face you, Kev. That's all. Well, they should they should be afraid to face anybody after the the debacle and the debacles yet to come. Um so that's fair. That's a fair fear. Not me but fans in general, you know, I think they should be afraid, you know. I think they've done enough at this point where they should be afraid of the feedback that they're going to get from fans about the shenanigans. So anyway, um so so what does that mean for the 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 what does that mean for the convention? Well, one thing it meant for the convention was there was less people. And two, the people I think who did vent exhibitors who did end up going, I think got a lot more exposure than they may normally have gotten. And I think that's excellent for them. I think this was an excellent year for people who are a bit more off the grid. Um, And we're looking to have one, one of the, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but yeah, I think those 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 highlights were good for, for uh, 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 that that sandwich mentioned. I'll mention a few. Um, I I made several new additions to my signed toy collection, uh, including Starlight and Homelander uh, from the boys, who both have action figures out now. The deep um, Dewey and the girl whose name I forget on the show. They do not have figures out now, so I don't have, you know, those signed. I also got not one but two David Harbour signed figures of Red Guardian from the Black Widow movie. Um, I got the original release, which wasn't very good, so they went back and did it properly in a multi-pack with um, uh, Rachel Weiss's character. Was it Yelena? No. No, Yelena's the blonde. Yeah, Yelena's her sister. The, the mom. The Iron, yeah, the Iron Maiden, mom. right? Yeah. Rachel Vice, so, his character. Hey so, Kev, real quick
3: before you move on there. So Homelander is so such a good actor in, in the boys. Like he's just so scary and intimidating and psycho as Homelander. What's what's he like yeah. like when you met him? Like does he seem like a like a nice guy? Well, first is of he...
0: all, he's like first of all, he's like Australian or something. Oh yeah? Oh man. So the first I don't know if he's Australian or I think it's Australian. The first thing you notice Um, is his accent that's the first thing these australians Um,
3: coming over here and stealing our jobs our acting jobs i tell you
0: exactly exactly um but you know but he had sort of that same you, you kind of it was a homelander quality if you will where it was kind of like he's very smiley and he's very like so great to meet you and thanks for coming and it's very saccharine And because you know the character that he plays and that, you know, behind those nice things that he does when he talks that way, there's that evil son of a bitch. And so you're kind of like, oh, he's being all that way to me now to my face. (laughs) But when I turn around, is he going to laser? Is he going to I beam me in the back? Right. You know, that kind of thing. I have to say it was, it was not a disappointment, I guess, but. The, the young lady, I don't remember her name. Oh, I, yes, I do. Erin Moriarty, who plays Starlight. Um, she was kind of quiet and reserved. Not that I expected her to be like a bundle of joy or anything, but I don't know. She just was kind of a little, just sort of, I'm kind of doing this kind of thing and a bit like, I don't know. I I I, I don't think she's done many of these so maybe it could be like first time or early time jitters a lot of them say they go through that before they get comfortable talking with fans and things like that david harbour was absolutely fine um he was talking i said i had both figures and he goes oh that's awesome yeah i didn't like the first one either you know stuff like that and um And I only had those two because I could not find, I I had the two of them and I was getting two autographs from him, but I was hoping to find his, I think it's Hooper. Is that the name of his character? Hopper. From Strange Hopper. I was hoping to find the six inch Hopper to get signed by him, but I couldn't find it. So I just ended up, Getting the two red guardians signed instead. You should have gotten um, a also,
3: uh, hopper from a bug's life, the Kevin Spacey Grasshopper, and had him sign that one. That hysterical. would be good. Hysterical.
0: Yeah. Hy- hysterical, Scott. That's why you keep me so around
3: for the good jokes like that. So funny. An unpaid intern.
0: Uh, unpaid intern. <laughs> I, I'm gonna West have to, to <laughs> I'm gonna have to kick in
3: with you on the next on the next Patreon doll. You have
0: to go to Unpaid Associate. <laughs> and then you, then you got to unpaid it. You got to take two steps. Um, I don't know. There's probably a few steps in between Associated This is the worst producer. pyramid scheme of all
1: time. <laughs> the, the Ge- why so am C I still working? G we're not a pyramid scheme. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> um, actually, <laughs> speaking of which,
0: um, Will said John Carpenter's Escape from New York Comic Con. So I like, for the episode title, I like just Escape from New York Comic Con. I will... Oh
1: that that, I will, that thing I, I
3: said have, half an hour ago yeah, yeah, sandwich said that a half hour ago. So we're going to give sandwich credit for yeah, that. Will Will's, Will's trash Will's can
0: get credit. can share credit. Better. So Will's presentation was better than sandwich's. So <laughs> That's, that's why we're doing that. Uh and then and then uh two more. One I got Rob Liefeld who I didn't I don't think I knew was going to be at the con. Not that it matters cuz I'm not really a fan. However, Uh, I did grab a cheap Marvel Legends um, Deadpool and had him sign it because he created the character. And then also, uh, sort of a last minute thing as well, I got Sean Murphy to sign a Joker, a, a, a McFarlane Joker action figure from the White Knight series of figures that McFarlane did. Um, and he was a really nice guy, he, you know, signed a few prints for me and things, so it was very nice. Um, but I think of the signed stuff, I think that was everything, right? Sandwich, I think. I can't think of oh, no, that's no, 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 I got it. There's one more, D, D, uh, D Bradley Baker, who does the voice of every clone, uh, in the animated Star Wars universe that's Clone Wars and Rebels. And now the bad batch and he does the voice for all the members of the bad batch as well, man, Um, that guy's working hard. He is. I got him to sign, uh, the wrecker action figure. I would have got him to sign all of them, except for some reason. Uh, and I can sum it up in one word Hasbro. There's only one of the bad batch out. Uh, so I got him to sign the wrecker six inch, uh, bad batch figure to me. Oh, so that was good. I okay. think that's uh, that's all the signed stuff that I got. Okay, Kev, I
3: need I need to peel back the curtain for the listeners. You're Uh-oh. a collector. No, I want to ask. I, I just want to ask a question. You said you got him to sign the figure. Is he signing the box? Do you have the figure out of the box that he's signing? What is he signing?
0: For me, uh, it's always right on the bu- the plastic of the bubble if there's a bubble, or the the clear plastic. So these always. are
3: these are staying in boxed signed and then yes. sit on a shelf never to be uh, enjoyed or played with by any human child. Correct. Okay.
0: No. Yeah. <laughs> or or adult. <laughs> or adult. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I have quite a collection. The sandwich will attest. I have quite a collection of signed figures. I have some really interesting ones, and so I'm very excited to add. To I always every show that I go to, I try to get a couple and add them to the the collection. And there's some good ones this time. The Rob Liefeld. Uh, um. Deadpool I think was a really first of all was unexpected as was the Joker The other ones I prepaid for So I knew they were going to happen I just was upset that I wasn't able To find the Hopper uh, Figure to get David Harper So I had both of his characters I certainly wasn't going to get a fucking Hellboy figure <laughs> From the shitty Hellboy movie So that was out um, But yeah so I I would say that I picked up a couple of things that I was looking for and that was really it and the fudge booth that would be my other highlight <laughs> there was I got booth.
1: all the dice I'll ever need now
0: yeah ever like ever <laughs> sandwich <laughs> has a dice problem developing
1: well listen there there are people on this show we're not going to say any names uh, who have problems collecting things you know I, I, I yeah. think it's almost a prerequisite to be part of the show we're not you... going to say anything, Scott.
3: <laughs> you know, I, I I think the other burning question is: Did you guys you guys got out to the product archive? Obviously, yes. Yeah. What number uh build X-wing are we on?
0: We did not do any additional bins in the product archive. Well, I no
1: no no, I was right about the number for build X-wing.
0: It's number eighty-eight, as you That's said. That's true. Yes, eighty-eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct.
3: And Kev was unwilling to make a bet. Kev was supposed to do at least one weekend bonus show because of that, but I guess he wasn't willing to take the bet because he, he wasn't what? confident in his number, but sandwich knew that it was 88. Anyway. All right. I'm just, I'm just backing sandwich up on this one, Kev. He said it was 88
0: wow. all along. Unpaid intern <laughs> West Coast Scott. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And then, um, uh, obviously the other highlight is we met a lot of people, a lot of fans, We made some new fans. We had fun with our uh, with the people who were coming to, you know, sort of the audience, if you will. Um, When we were doing the tickets, you know, we're doing a lot of the same sort of jokes that we do every year, uh, you know, for for different things. And uh, yeah, I mean, and oh, of course, East Coast Scott uh, joining us for the first time. Really difficult experience for East Coast Scott. He still hasn't recovered um but yeah he claims that he had a good time he claims he's excited about getting stuff together for next year so uh yeah so yeah i mean as far as news goes i don't think there was any stunning news that came out of new york comic-con nothing i can remember anyway um saw a lot of great cosplay uh we mentioned earlier a lot of agent carter and um uh stuff like that so there was a lot of good cosplay um What else? Sandwich? What else? uh, What else struck you? Again, the fudge. There was two. Some company that they've allowed to come in there and sell fudge, and the fudge was absolutely delicious. Mm -hmm. And they had so many different varieties. Um, And there were two fudge booths there, so that was good. Food trucks were good. Mm -hmm. We enjoyed a variety. Takoyaki. Takoyaki. Takoyaki, right? Which are uh, a Japanese street food that has octopus in it. We had those a couple of different days, actually. Uh, pizza, cheesesteak, these other sandwiches. So uh, I,
1: uh, this is my first year actually going to artist alley ever.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah.
1: So we went, we went to artist alley.
0: I don't know if this has been the case before, but I don't remember it. It it might be. Um, uh, but I don't remember, uh, if, if it has been or not. Um, uh, but artist alley was open an hour later than the floor so uh, the floors open till seven artist alley open until eight so we would quickly each day we would quickly close the booth up and run down and get some time you know maybe half hour 45 minutes at artist alley where we were able over a couple of days to see most of the artists because you know the ones who actually stayed till eight o'clock like they were supposed to which is a topic for another show um most of them who stay there, we got to meet and we got to meet some of these independent artists and see some stuff that these independent guys are doing, guys and gals, it's not fair to say guys, uh, people, um, and actually uh, upcoming on uh, on uh, on the show, at least one of these artists uh, is going to be joining us to talk about her work um, and her book. So we'll look forward to that uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um And there were a few other uh, sort of highlights with regards to Artist Alley. Um, I would say, I would have to say the print of the year, uh, for me, purchase wise, and I, I purchased, as I mentioned, I can't remember his name. I wish I had his card. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll promote him next week because I don't remember off the top of my head, um, is a guy who does sort of one of the styles that he does. He does sort of old like magazine covers like the Saturday Evening Post, and you know, like that those 40s, 50s era kind of imagery, you know, war kind of imagery, that stuff from World War II. He did a lot of Captain Carter stuff, which was really great. I bought, I said earlier, four or five prints uh, from him. He actually had one that was really in the running for the, the best piece that I got. It was sort of um, a theatrical poster for the great Danton, which was hugh jackman's character from the prestige um which was excellent a really really excellent print but i have to say the print of the year is a little out of my wheelhouse print wise but it was velma from scooby-doo do you remember that one sandwich
1: i actually didn't see that one
0: velma from scooby-doo is taking off her sweater um Um, And it's not, you know, it's a little What's the right word? It's not Smut Yeah, it's a little risque It's not smut, but it's a little risque She's taking off her, her sweater And underneath just sort of Where her sweater hangs She's covered in like Pop culture tattoos Like it was really, really An interesting sort of Nerdy piece that velma is kind of like the nerd character the geek character of the scooby gang and so it was a really interesting juxtaposition it was um it it was uh what was the word you used sandwich it was it was i said risque oh it's, it wasn't risque but it was it was like cheesecake uh, kind of tit- titillating a little bit um, provocative well done Uh, Yeah, it was it was those things without being trashy or 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 smutty, which a lot of that stuff is, again, topic for another show. Uh, So that I I think I have to give that print of the year and we'll we'll get a shot of that print uh, up on on the website uh, at some point. A bunch of these prints um, uh, so that you can see the kind of stuff that that we were able to pick up at Comic-Con sandwich. Other, other highlights, other things that you remember?
1: Uh, so the print I got that I absolutely loved, uh, for those of you who like Pokemon, which I'm a Pokemon fan, uh, it was like a little like fish market in the style. like It was like a Pokemon fish market. So they had, there's this one Pokemon, Psyduck, it's like a little dorky duck dude. And it was a bunch of those in a market with other Pokemon as food, like cutting up Pokemon to like make sushi and stuff it just looked it looked cute and funny and i don't know the right, like it looks like what's the i don't know the word for it where it's like kind of like it's it it would it felt like reality because you you're eating the the, the seafood and stuff i don't know it, it it looked really awesome i loved it i never really got to enjoy art alley before this year like i i never even thought of giving it a shot so just seeing you know all of the art there and yeah, it was all of it home runs? No. I'm not gonna lie to you. Definitely but there, not. Was, there was some stellar, absolutely stellar pieces down there. I I'm a guy, just as me, when I see art, I wanna the art I enjoy the ones that are like kind of off the wall sometimes so I can help it, where it's like the moon is like on like a cool like background and like it looks like like I don't I don't know. Like I want more like kinda out there. Like if, if I were to get if I were to enjoy uh, certain medicinal properties, uh, it would kind of bug me out a little bit. I like art like that, <laughs> so there was oh, you little- mean
0: everything
1: that East Coast Scott bought?
0: Yes. <laughs>
2: See, yeah. I- East I- Coast
0: <laughs> Scott also was treated to Artist Alley uh, for the first time as well, and absolutely fell in love with a bunch of different things, which he was uh, able to pick up, which is which is great for anyone who's experiencing Artist Alley for the first time, it's a great thing. And when you're not completely jaded, like I am, for example, I'm completely jaded. So out of Artist Alley, there were maybe half a dozen artists down there that I found that were doing something extraordinarily, uh, extraordinary or off the beaten path enough or interesting or non-derivative or non-masturbatory material or, uh, you know, sort of that kind of thing of which there is a lot, or or just bad art of which there there is always a bunch uh, that I don't understand how they get into Artist Alley uh, kind of thing. Um, you, you know, and that's my opinion before anybody jumps on me. It's just my opinion. You have your opinions about art. I have mine. And so if I get half a dozen, really at the whole convention, if I get half a dozen artists whom i really feel like wow i want to get something from this person or i'm really enjoying even though i don't necessarily want to get anything for myself but i'm really enjoying the different style or the different interesting take or or what have you of something that hasn't been done before that's really worthwhile to me so so there's that
3: well i have to say that over the years artist alley has become the most important part of the cons to me because you know yeah, if Marvel or DC or Warner Brothers or whatever has their big booths and whatever, you're not going to be able to get in there and see that much in the, in those anyway. But over at Artist Alley, you can stop and not only see the art, but you can talk to the artist. And if you see something that you like, and what I, I mean, you know, I'm a Batman fan. So if it's a Batman thing or if it's a mashup that I really like, you know, I like the, I like those kind of just kind of silly or, or an original combination of two fandoms as long as i like both of those fandoms then i'm all about it uh this one art is well
0: done and, it, and it's well done right because you get a lot of crossover stuff that's kind of like Ugh. yeah you know it's yeah i mean there yeah I, I agree with you yeah there there is there is a level though that 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 has to it has to be at least palatable because there's sometimes you just get and again i was talking about this with the artist who will be our guest in the, the upcoming weeks about the The fact that most of the women are represented in those um in those uh prints and those kind of things doing a pose where they're trying to show the front and the back it's just a completely unrealistic pose because the masturbatory material aspect of the piece is what is important to a lot of nerds so therefore You know, and this is not the case, like, I know we were just describing the Velma piece, and I said that it was a little provocative. That's a really good word, Sandwich, well done. It was a little provocative, but it wasn't smutty. It wasn't like, I'm going to show all of the, you know, the female parts, if you will, uh, 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 kind of thing. It wasn't really like that. It was more about, like, culture and some other things, you know. We could talk more about it once we have a, a, a picture of it out there in the world, Um, but you know that's kind of like there is a stark difference uh, between that but yeah I agree with you Scott.
3: So the the other thing when you mentioned that uh, the the, the boobs and butt pose there's a there's a blog called Escher Girls like MC Escher it's just these female forms that are impossible for the human body to actually do and yeah, and it's always pretty funny it's like and like they'll show the picture and then somebody will like sketch what the spine would have to be doing for the person to get into that position and how it's impossible so yeah you're right but so what i found you know when you spend more time on artist alley is you know you'll find artists that you like their work and you get to talk to them and meet with them and then also there will be artists who have incredible work it's just not in your wheelhouse right and like yeah i i I make the point to say hey look you know i love this art it looks really good it's fantastic. But, you know, I don't collect the universal monsters, right? So, I'm, I, you know, I don't, I can't make room for right. it on my wall, but that's, this looks great or whatever it might be. And, and yeah. so, you know, like I just want to – I feel sometimes like I feel bad that all I have to offer is, hey, this is really good. I really like it, but I'm not going to buy it because yeah, it's I'd not like in my wheelhouse. i to support you,
0: know? you, but there's really no way for me to do that because you're out of my wheelhouse. Yeah, I get that a lot. That has, happens a lot. I think sandwich can comment on this too, because he's more a fan of it than I am. And that is the whole sort of, you know, there is a fairly significant amount of anime style art in artist alley and on the Mm. the main floor as well. And I am into, I would say next to none of it. And I mean like Japanese animation. I don't mean anything that's an animated style really the guy that does the velma print who i got another print from as well of steve rogers and and um uh sharon carter not sharon carter oh my god peggy carter um he did another print but it's more like a straight up disney style animation style he has rather than sort of this japanese animated style that is really really prevalent
1: wait that was him he had that he had the velma picture
0: the the did you see the black the black the, and white the black sepia, and white one
1: the sepia yeah.
0: tone one yeah, yeah yeah that was the guy who had the Velma
1: is it yes, yeah you know it. I'm I'm ashamed I missed that yeah well there you go then you'll get it. Uh, yeah there the definitely was like I was a lot of anime it was a lot of like so and there is a lot of just popular anime just that's just a fact like anything in a big genre like that there's a but it. There's a lot of options. That's how I'm going to describe it. But it was definitely a lot of the ones that I feel like are more, it felt more kid friendly. You know, like there was My Hero Academia, which is just a, it's a very beginner anime. It's very accessible to anyone. If they're like, oh, I want to start watching anime. Well, then watch My Hero Academia. Um, There's a lot of that kind of art style. A lot of like Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, like, you know, like, is that if you're getting into anime that that that's where you you jump in that's where the average person can just jump right. into the experience um and it all kind of looked the same personally like none of that Dude. stood out to me none of that stood out to me it's real i think it's
0: really difficult because it's such a well-defined style like you kind of know um You know, you know, when you're not looking at like the original people who do it, because a lot of them have such a well defined style that it's hard to appreciate it. It's hard to appreciate
1: the work at all when it's not in that style. Exactly. Yeah. You know, all of them, all of them. Even if the style like changes, like there's some anime that like it's been going on for like 20 years. Yeah. But the style will definitely shift, but it still keeps that same kind of vibe but then but then
0: you see like an artist who's not really sort of up to the level of being a professional person to do that with all due respect um and you can tell it's just kind of off but there was like i'm gonna give you one example i don't know if you remember this sandwich or not there was one artist like in the first row Mm -hmm. on the left so against the wall Mm -hmm. who was doing who, who oh she she just had prints and I don't even know that she was, she was Asian. I I don't remember, honestly. Um, and I did stop, and it was, this is like what Scott was talking about. I actually stopped and told her that I really liked her work. And although I didn't, I I, it was out of my wheelhouse in the sense of purchasing. I really tried to find a reason to purchase something because I wanted to support her. But she was doing like these really sort of, japanese slice of life pictures do you remember those sandwich like it was a person sitting like it was first of all they all it looked to me like they were all in japan Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like they all took place in japan like this person clearly must have gone to japan at some point if was if they were not japanese at some point and it was just like there was a girl like doing her laundry in a Japanese laundromat. And there was like a street scene. It was just Japan and it was really oh, well yeah. done. And it still oh, had yeah. that sort of, it sort of had that Japanese animation style, but it was a little bit more refined, a little bit well more well done and realistic, but still sort of had elements of that. And that was really, really interesting. And although I couldn't, I couldn't find a reason, not find a reason, is not the right word. I just, there was nothing there that I was like, yeah, I'd really like to have this. Um, But I really, but I did stop and tell her that I really appreciated her work. So, anyway, we're probably running long, so we should probably do the social medias.
3: Yeah, let's do that. Uh, Don't forget to. Follow the show on all the social medias. That's the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagram. It's Geek Stuff TNG. There are lots of news stories that get tweeted and posted on Facebook and images of uh, out on the Instagram. Be sure and support the show through our uh, Patreon, right? For $1 a month, you can have access to the Discord server where you can chat with members of the show for $3 a month. You have early access to these episodes for $5 a month. It's the weekend bonus show. Not only is that the sandwich shop, but I forgot to mention at the top of the show, but you get vintage episodes of big Kev's geek stuff on the 1st and the 15th. So we've got a new episode coming up. I haven't listened to it yet, so I can't give you a preview of what that's going to be, but I'm sure it's going to be fabulous. And then for $10 a month, you get to watch the show live.
0: It'll be fantastic.
3: It will be fantastic. It's news to me.
0: Fabulous wasn't part of the show, really. I mean, he was behind-the-scenes part of the show. It's fantastic, Scott, who was on the show. Fabulous was, like, behind-the-scenes. Yeah,
3: we, we did have a... That's news to me from Mr. Fantastic last time, and I, I went and found the drop, but it is, like, specifically... It's news to Mr. Fantastic, so we can't even revive the bit unless we re- redo the production. Uh, we might have
0: to redo, the, the, redo it for, for whomever.
3: Yeah, I think we should do... Three versions of it for whoever it might be news to. Um, that's
0: true. We could do that. Yeah,
3: and then uh, you know you could follow your uh, unpaid intern slash producer uh, Pi Day Scott on the the Twitter's and the Instagram, and uh, you know
1: that's me. You can follow me on Instagram, and I guess I still have an Xbox One at Fat Dumbledore F A T D O M B L E D O R E. Why are you shaking your head in such a way?
0: I guess I still have an Xbox. It's just you just don't want to play with me, that's all. The sandwich you is now
1: You, you brought PC it gamer. to Hawaii, I mean to Jersey. I brought it to
0: Hawaii because I live in Hawaii.
1: I mean Jersey. Uh, you can
0: find me at BK Geek Stuff on, let's see, everything but Xbox where I am Big Kev GS. Oh, I reversed it today. And with that, we will bring this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 654, the one we're calling Escape from New York Comic Con, thanks to Will's Trash on Patreon, to a close, the way we end some shows by saying,
1: good night, New York Comic Con. Wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music.
2: Yeah! All week I've been slaving at work, now I'm gonna dress up like a Captain Kirk. And a Hobbit and a Ewok.